On today's episode of Chalk Talk, we are going to be pulling from two conversations had with our nutrition expert, Rebecca Toutant. Both of these mini conversations come from our nutrition EDU program we provide to students, and our focus today is on hydration. In part one, we will break down the basics of hydration, and then part two, talk a little bit more about sports drinks and some of the more popular and commercialized ways we see hydration being sold to our students and athletes, and how we can start to decipher what makes the most sense for our performance. Throughout these two parts, you may hear some references to assignments and questions, which come as part of the larger program inside platform. But have no fear, this podcast is a great listen for all of our teachers and coaches out there as hydration and sports drinks often stir up a lot of questions from our students and athletes. So we'll go ahead and kick this one off. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. Let's go. All right, we're going to jump into a two-part series now that's going to be focused in on hydration. We spent a lot of our time talking about food, nutrients, talking about macronutrients, talking about types and timing of meals, and we kind of spent a little bit of time talking about hydration throughout it, but we're going to focus in on it now, Rebecca. So the very first thing when we think about hydration is water and I think that's probably a good place to start. And it's kind of just the the why behind it. Why does the human body even need water much like it needs, what, like we talked about those macronutrients or anything else like that? What do we do with water? Yeah, water is actually, in, it's considered an essential nutrient, right? It's something that we must have. Um, we'll actually, if we don't give our body water, we'll die from dehydration before we would ever die from not giving it food. So that's pretty scary. Um, so, because water is used in every single part and every single biochemical reaction within the body, right? We also need it for digestion, absorption, transportation, dissolving nutrients, like the list just goes on. It also supports our, our GI function, right? Eliminating waste and going to the bathroom. Um, it's a component of all of the foods that we eat as well. So, it's, so that's why it's part of digestion and metabolism. And it fills the space uh, between and inside of our cells. And it's what makes our blood fluid. Um, we're actually, what do they say? I believe it's 60 to 70% water, right? If you were to kind of break us down. So in between all of our cells and inside of our cells, we are mostly water. <laughs> gotcha. And I think a good point that you just made is we're not just talking about water in a water bottle, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about all of the things that contain water. Is that mm-hmm. a better Fluid. way of looking at it? Fluids. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. All right. There's fluid in our food and there's fluid in our drink. Gotcha. And so we might be able to get fluid in different ways and we might be able to get access to that. And we'll talk about different things along those lines, but just at the base level, how much water does the human body need each day? Is there like a set standard amount we're shooting for? I, I remember back in school, people would talk about you need eight glasses of eight ounces of water or whatever it may be. What's the rule or yeah. guiding thumb for different types of people? Is it different? At- it's different. It's different. Every person is different. You know, they say that we go through anywhere between 80 to 100 milliliters of water, uh, a fluid a day. That's like 10 or 12 cups. That doesn't mean we need to drink all of that, first off. <laughs> that's just what our body actually goes through and uses. Um, but in general, you know, that that eight, eight, eight ounce glass thing, like that's fine. That's like 64 ounces a day. But in, the best way to understand how much water you need is actually by the color and the frequency of your urine. Um, 
that's that's one of the better indicators, right? So urine should be like a light pale yellow color. Um, if the darker it gets, the more dehydrated you are. But it also shouldn't be perfectly translucent, clear. That's a sign that you're getting too much water. Gotcha. And that's a good point is we kind of are all well aware of dehydration, right? And like, we kind of know, all right, we need to keep our body hydrated. Like you said, you need it before you even have to have food. Um, But we don't always consider the other side of the coin of being overly hydrated. So can you drink too much water throughout the day that you start to do more harm than good in terms of staying hydrated? Mm -hmm. So when we drink water, it helps balance our electrolytes, right? So our, our, we have a, electrolytes in our body like sodium and potassium and calcium, and they help regulate our fluid balance. Um, when we drink too much water, we really disrupt that cycle, and it ends up that our body has too little sodium. And that can be a very dangerous, life-threatening condition, especially if you're doing it for at, at length and over long periods of time. Um, so like drinking a gallon, which within a short period of time, bad, 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 bad. Please don't do that. <laughs> That's right. No, no gallon challenge of any kind no. is worth proving a point that mm-hmm. you're going to put yourself in danger. Okay. And so another thing that you mentioned is a good indicator would be, you know, your, your urine color. Um, but I think a lot of times people might look towards, am I sweating or not? Mm. You know, am am I literally losing water coming out of my body or, you know, maybe not literally is not the right word, but, you know, am I seeing it happen? So I know mm-hmm. that I need to then replace the fluid I'm losing. Is that mm-hmm. an indicator for when you need water? Cause I think a lot of times we go to sweat, we just grab the water. Yeah. Right. I think people, yeah, they're more likely to do it when they have that visual that they're losing water. They're like, oh, I should put some water in. But we actually lose most of our water through something called insensible losses. Right. So so even me sitting here right now, there's there's a layer of water on my skin that I can't feel. I'm not sweating, but my body is, is, is having water on the surface of the skin to help cool me. There's also water coming out when I speak. Um, so when we breathe, every time we breathe and talk, there's water from our lungs that come, that gets expelled and put into the air. Uh, we also lose water with just waste being removed from the body, right? When we urinate, when we have a bowel movement, like all of those fun things have water with them. So most of the water we leave, we don't actually see in the form of sweat. Uh, it's in other ways. Gotcha. So just because we're not sweating doesn't mean we might not necess- we might need some water as well, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we know, all right, I'm sweating, I should have water, but there are other things that are happening that go into it. Um, great. A real high-level overview of water. Anything else we should just be mindful of? Is there anything that we need to think about when it comes to the types of hydration? Or is water kind of the main source and then there's other things? I know we're going to get into it later in sports drinks, but are there other ways outside of water that you can be Mm -hmm. thinking about getting fluids? We can get fluid in all kinds of different ways. It It doesn't all hydrate us in the same way, right? But anything that is liquid is technically going to give our body water, right? And there's, like I mentioned, there's even water in food, right? So your fruits and your vegetables are actually a pretty good source of water, um, as are a lot of your dairy products like yogurt and um, and milk um, are other sources that have a good amount of water in them. Um, you know, coffee, no one should be drinking coffee just yet. Ideally, <laughs> it's too young for caffeine technically. Um, but that also technically provides us with water. But some things don't stay on our body as well, right? So we drink them and we, we lose it right away. And so things that tend to have uh, more caffeine, Uh, And even more sugar can be a little bit more dehydrating. 
gotcha. it stay on our bodies well. So water is is one of the better choices that that you can make. Uh, milk is actually another pretty good choice for hydration, um, but still better to have a good portion of your hydration from water. Gotcha. And I think sometimes then when we think about good or bad, when we talk about those words and we think, oh, water's the best and everything else like that, we want to move away from that, obviously, and also understand what what are you doing? Because maybe milk's a good choice at the end of the day, but you might not want to be, drink a big tall glass of milk to hydrate you right before you have to go run a marathon if your stomach's not going to be able to handle that. It's also about some of those things in terms of understanding, all right, fruits are a good one for me right now, but maybe not in this situation or that situation, which I think lends itself to what you're talking about is knowing that there are different options, but maybe that water is maybe not going to upset most people's stomachs or insides like others will. It doesn't make it better or worse. It just makes it it's a function, right? So thinking about how you need to get your other nutrients as well, right? So I have people who will use milk as their hydration source because they don't have an appetite, right? So they're trying to also use it as a way to get the other nutrients that they need, right? So they use that more incorporating because water is still going to take up space in the stomach and make it hard to get in some of the other nutrients that you need. But like you mentioned, well, <laughs> drinking milk before a marathon? No, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I, I wouldn't want to drink <laughs> probably a glass of milk before I go run down the street, to be quite honest. So (laughs) awesome. Well, a great overview and just some real kind of key takeaways on why the body needs water, you know, ways to know if we need more water or more hydration in terms of checking in with ourselves and using some kind of physical cues in terms of urination and things like that. And just a good overview. So again, this is kind of a building segment here. We've learned a lot about food. We've learned a lot about applying that. Hydration is one of those things that I think is worth a few lessons to focus in on. So uh, go, if you've been assigned, to go read the lesson with this, as well as answer the questions and submit it to your teacher however you might need to. That was part one, focusing in on our general hydration. Now we'll switch over to giving a little bit more of a specific focus to sports drinks and sweat science. All right, this is part two of kind of our hydration mini series that we're putting together. As we move past some of the more kind of nitty gritty units, we're going to start pulling out some of the things that we want to make sure and we know come up for our students throughout their daily lives, whether they're athletes, they're just experiencing fitness for the first time in class, whatever it may be. So we're going to talk about sports drinks. And I think we'll get into a little bit of just talking about maybe some juices and some other things as well. But sports drinks is sort of the guiding conversation here. Before we get into sports drinks, one of the things that I think sports drinks often gets associated with is sweat leaving the body. And we talked a little bit about it last time, but often we feel as if, you know, when people sweat or we sweat, we need to do something about it. So before we even get into any of those things, we'll just quickly break down why the human body even sweats in the first place, Rebecca, because I think that will then help us guide some of the other things of the things that are happening when we sweat. Mm-hmm. Right. So our the human body sweats as a way to help the body stay cool and regulate its temperature. So when we sweat, the water, right, the sweat goes onto the surface of our skin. And as it evaporates, it actually cools the body uh, down. Um, so sweat is a really important for that process to keep our, we have to have a very tight temperature to stay well. Gotcha. And so what is in that sweat? Cause I think sometimes we hear that it's just water, like you said, or sometimes we hear that there's other things in it that we're losing when we sweat as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So sweat is a lot of water. It definitely is. 
but it also has a high amount of sodium and chloride. Um, and when you put those things together, that's called salt, <laughs> as well as things like potassium and calcium and magnesium. Um, those are in smaller amounts in our sweat as well. Um, so all of those things together, those are minerals and they're called electrolytes, which help us maintain our, our fluid balance within our body. Gotcha. So those are the things that then we'll see a lot of sports drinks and different people advertise that you're losing when you sweat and you want to replace, especially so that you can continue training or being an athlete or working out for a lot of our students who are going to be in the gym or anything else like that. Mm -hmm. So what is actually, before we get into kind of the benefits or drawbacks or anything that could come from putting sports drinks into your mix, what is typically in a sports drink. And we're not going to, you know, name any in particular, but maybe just sort of some general guiding themes of what come in some of those more common sports drinks that people would see. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I want to back up for a second and just remind people that sweating, if we lose too much water, we can have, a, it, it isn't good for us, right? We get dehydrated, but in terms of our athletic performance, just losing 2% of our body weight in sweat has a huge impact on our athletic performance. And so it's really our goal when we're, when we're training and when we're exercising is not to lose that much water and to try to replace some of the water that we've lost. And that's where sports drinks come in, right? So sports drinks, they're mostly water, right? So they, they have a lot of fluid in them to help us replace some of what we've lost through sweating. And they also have an okay amount of sodium. Right. And when we put that sodium back into the body, it helps us prevent, lose more sweat when we're exercising. So those are the the two kind of most active ingredients. Um, Sports drinks also have a good amount of sugar. Right. And there's a reason for that. Um, One is because typically when you're using a sports drink, you're it's because you're exercising for a long period of time. And that sugar helps give you fuel to continue to exercise. And it's easily digestible source of fuel. Um, and having that, that glucose or that sugar within the sports drink makes it easier for your body to absorb the sodium as well as the fluid. Um, otherwise it can just kind of get stuck in your stomach when you're exercising. Yeah. (laughs) Not in normal life, but when you're exercising. Right. Sure. And I I personally have done this myself and this is part of the lesson in terms of kind of cutting into the sports drink with more water. So mm-hmm. dump half of the sports drink out and then I'll replace it with water. Is that going to mess up the kind of combination of things that are in it? Is it going to make it harder for me to digest? What happens yeah. if I do that? Cause I'm just, sometimes I look at it just personally and say, Hmm, I don't really want that amount of sugar right mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. of how my body reacts to the sugar. And, mm-hmm. and so I'll cut it in some water instead what happens when I do that? Is that messing things up? Am I making yeah. it harder for myself? You know, it, it depends on when and how you're using the sport drink, right? So if if you're in the middle of, of like, say you're running a marathon, right? So you're in the middle of, of an, ele- an, an athletic experience where your heart rate is elevated, it's harder to digest things. The way that sports drinks are set up are to make them easily digestible in the ratios that they currently are. Right. So when they, if the sodium, if the, if the sugar goes too much higher, for example, um, you can get a really upset stomach. If the sugar goes too much lower, you're not absorbing the same amount of fluid. So the way that they're designed as is, is how they're supposed to be used during athletic performance. Um, But if you're like having it before, just because it tastes good, (laughs) right. Or you need a, you want a little bit of glucose or a little bit of sugar before you go into training. 
that's fine. You can water it down. Same thing with, with the aftermath. Yeah. It's just um, being understanding of what you're doing. And I think to that point, sometimes people maybe just are looking for a little bit of sugar or this or that. And maybe water is not of the highest interest. So is having a sports drink any different or better than at times having a soda or juice? Cause I think sometimes those things will kind of get lumped together mm-hmm. in terms of, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times it's just because it's either water, which is water or anything that has sugar, sodium, and the other things that are in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, they are different, right? So I wouldn't necessarily, not everyone's going to be able to use like a, a soda like or, or juice during training, right? Because gotcha. the type, the density of sugar, the amount of sugar and the type of sugar in it can cause stomach upset. Um, some people can use it in, in small doses and it feels fine. Um, but I would not necessarily say that a sports drink is superior or inferior if you're using it before or after training. Um, most sports drinks are not as dense in terms of how much sugar they have for serving compared to juices and sodas. Um, but again, it's, it's, I wouldn't call them any of them real uh, food necessarily where you're getting an abundance of nutrients. Yeah. And and you're using the word dense kind of in the way of thinking just like, how much am I about to put into my stomach? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Am I going to be able to kind of process that and digest it and have it not kind of throw things off? Mm -hmm. So I think some of the benefits that you've already kind of touched on in sports drinks that can, especially for people who are training are that it's convenient, it's easily digestible, you know, for that source of energy, fluids, et cetera, electrolytes. Um, I think a lot of times though, people think that they need a sports drink, you know, every time they go to do that different types of exercise or whatever it may be, they absolutely need it. Mm -hmm. Now, is there a time and a place for sports drinks or Mm -hmm. is it, you know, basically part of your, you know, daily routine? How do we go about like knowing, do I need this or not? Yeah, I would, it's, it's not necessary for every single person. Right. I think sports drinks have the most value for people who are doing high intensity exercise where digestion is compromised. Right. So doing lots. So it's and for sustained periods of time. Right. So if you're doing a sport where um, you're you're moving for a while, but then you're taking long periods of time, like breaks, you don't necessarily need a sports drink because during those breaks, your body can actually do some digesting if needed. But typically we don't really need to, to fuel so I guess I should say sports drinks are really valuable for fueling as well, right? Because of the sugar that's in them. And that fueling typically needs to happen after like the 60 to 75 minute mark, meaning that you're doing sustained training at a higher intensity for an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. That's typically where you're starting to incorporate your sports drinks. Gotcha. Um, so, and, that's, so- and when you can't tolerate food, there's nothing that says that, for example, if you're going for a leisurely walk for two hours, if you wanted to do that, <laughs> right? You, if you needed fuel, you could use food in that circumstance because you're moving at an intensity where your body could digest it. You wouldn't need a sports drink. Yeah. And I think that need word is something that I want to just poke apart a little bit more because sometimes I think that people just immediately will go and say, all right, I'm working out. I need my sports drink with me. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it with protein shakes and things like that, that people kind of associate to training. And it's because of marketing and it's because of different companies mm-hmm. and influences. And that's, you know, makes sense. But I think sometimes we now think, all right, if I'm going to do my hour long exercise, I need this sports drink. And what you just said is kind of that 60 to 75 minute window, we might start to think about it. So is it fair to say that, you know, you could go through training and be able to kind of make your way through weekly and monthly types of exercise and things like that without ever even needing to tap into them if you didn't want to pay for them or you couldn't afford them? 
right? Especially if, if you're, because you, typically for that hour mark, you can drink water, right? And, and you know, you can have food <laughs> beforehand to get the energy that you need and have water beforehand and hydrate with water during the movement. Because um, sports drinks are not, and afterwards, you know, you can use water to rehydrate as well as food. And you can put salt in your food to get some of the, the electrolytes that you're, you're missing. You don't have to have a sports drink. But it, it can be convenient, right? So if, if right before exercise you haven't had food in a while and you need a quick energy source, sure, you can have some sports drink to kind of give you some energy to do that and to help you maintain your sodium. Uh, but you're still better off eating food if you can, because you're getting extra nutrients that your body needs, yeah. um, as well as water. Gotcha. And I think that's a good segue into just kind of understanding if, you know, we're talking superior, inferior, and just comparing the different things that we could consider. Are sports drinks in certain situations, excuse me, better than food? Could you get more out of getting food from it? Or is it, you know, depending on the situation? Say that again. What do you mean? Say it again. <laughs> Are sports drinks better than food? Like, oh, I can substitute a meal for this sports drink because it's all kind of packaged into one thing and it's exactly what I want. It is not a meal. I would not consider a sports drink a meal. Um, it's, it's a quick burst of energy before exercise. During exercise, I do think for some sports and some disciplines, they are pretty important but they don't actually replace all of the sodium that is lost during long and high intensity exercise for someone who's a heavy sweater. So you might actually still need to dose with more sodium um, either during the event or after. Yeah. Right. So like, so like when I'm running a marathon, I can't do just sport drink because I'm having, I'm having so much sweat loss that I still have to have extra sodium come into my body to help me maintain my fluid balance. Right. Gotcha. Cause I think, I think sometimes we, again, just try to put it into context of like, when would I have it? How would I have it? And can I even have it? Because I think sometimes we think, all right, I'm not hungry, so I'm going to replace it with a sports drink, or I don't have the appetite because it's Do hot it, yeah. out or whatever it may be. But at the same time, other people would say, all right, I know I can digest this. I have the time, I have the ability, mm -hmm. and I can kind of go in. So it sounds like, and I don't know, I don't, I want to make sure that we're all kind of on the same page. Is it sort of on a case by case basis of evaluating, like, like what what would sort of be your checklist of kind of thinking about? things to at least consider is it mm -hmm. timing is it is it heat is it duration is what are the things that you kind of would say you start to think about in right. deciding should i shouldn't i i need it i don't need it like where do you kind of land on figuring out when's the right time so you're saying i should keep it simple <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's i think it's valuable for number one for those who are exercising or training over an hour to help them maintain their hydration, right? So if you're planning to exercise over an hour, I think it's valuable to have a sport drink and water during that exercise time period to keep you fueled and keep you hydrated, right? I think it's also valuable for people who are exercising in really hot temperatures. Again, it doesn't mean that you're exclusively using a sport drink when you're exercising in those hot temperatures, but if you're losing a lot of water, you need to put that water back into your body and that you need the sodium to come with it so you don't get in trouble. Um, it's also really valuable for those who need an easily digestible source of glucose right before exercise. Maybe they don't have an appetite or didn't have time to eat. Ideally, that's not the only way that you're fueling yourself before exercise, but it absolutely can be a valuable thing in a pinch. Gotcha. And I think the last thing that I will ask before we wrap up, um, because this is one that's just, I think, really interesting for a lot of people because it's so relevant. We see it on commercials. We see athletes drinking it at, on games when you watch professional sports and you see 
a lot yeah, of people paid to do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> One of the things I think is interesting is this, the amount, um, mm. because like, you know, sometimes you'll see the 12 ounces. Other times you'll see like the gigantic jug of mm-hmm. whatever that sports drink might be. So when you're talking about kind of mixing in water or you're talking about, you know, it's okay to have some after that hour long period, or you would recommend it. Are you talking about the big giant jug? Or are you talking about a smaller amount? I know, again, yeah. it's not going to be the same for every single person, but I think sometimes it's hard to decipher because when I see a sports drink aisle, I see right. the ones that are, you know, every single size and I don't know which one would be for me. Right. And more is not better, right? That's not necessarily the goal. So before exercise, right, if we think back to our carbohydrate lesson, before exercise, our body, like in the, the hour before, if you haven't had food in a while, like three or four hours, you might, you might be targeting like 30 to 45 grams of carbohydrate, right? So I think that's like an 18 ounce, uh, 16 to 18 ounce sport drink. Like, it's like um, During exercise, you actually can't, you don't need that much glucose during exercise. And when you're doing high intensity exercise, your stomach can't tolerate a bunch of sugar yeah. or a bunch of glucose. So during exercise, especially after that hour mark, it's typically four to six ounces every like 20 to 30 minutes. It's not that you're just sitting down and you're drinking a huge gallon in the middle of like a marathon. It's, it's a really little cup. Yeah. Um, after exercise, honestly, I would, if you, if you have no food, okay, have some sports drink, right. To get some of that glucose back, but I much, it doesn't have enough sodium to replace what people lose during, during heavy months of exercise. Um, and it has more energy than what you need in terms of sugar. So you're better off having like a salty meal um, with a lot of water um, after exercise than turning to a sports drink just trying to rehydrate. Yeah. But again, if you have no appetite, maybe you do do the sports drink to kind of help you you come back. Yeah. And I think there's a reason why these these are this conversation is after we just kind of understand basics and know that it's got to be when you're listening to your body. Because I think the example that you just gave of four to six ounces every 20 to 30 minutes, I think the common thing is, all right, I have like this 10 minute window because it's halftime. I'm going to chug this Gatorade before I run on the field. And now I feel like junk or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those are the types of things that we start to kind of want to flesh out because it's important to understand that, you know, just because it's in this size bottle doesn't mean you take it in one dose, if you will. Mm-hmm. You you mm-hmm. spread it out like you described or whatever it may be. And listening to your body is it upsetting my stomach. Am I getting the sugar and I feel good? But then, you know, I have after effects when I come crashing back down, whatever it may be in terms of the, the sugar or anything else. Right. It's meant to have like small, frequent doses, right? Not not like a high amount that you have. So you're better off just just having that little bit and you need a good amount of water with it so that you don't get a stomach ache. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, that's a good place to stop um, on this one. I think a, a good detailed discussion just around sports drinks in general. I think there's, especially in the nutrition and exercise world, people that are going to tell you in absolutes, yes, no. And I think Rebecca, oh, one more, yeah. go ahead. One, I, totally, I wanted to, one, one other thing I wanted to mention too, is that because sports drinks are salty, they make you more thirsty, gotcha. <laughs> right? So that's valuable during sport, but not necessarily after the fact. So get the water. Don't, 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 when you're listening to your cues, you might actually yeah. find that you're more thirsty when you're having it. So. Perfect. Perfect. Sorry. I, I jumped over that part. I apologize. <laughs> um, but I think to, to, to wrap up to Rebecca, in terms of just understanding that this, like everything else has to come with some kind of thinking, some conversations, finding mm-hmm. out if this is the right fit for you or not, and not just kind of blindly either believing 
it's going to solve all of my problems or I need to avoid it like the plague. There's kind of that in between, as we've discussed in most things of nutrition, the same thing goes for hydration and and the different parts that come with it. Mm -hmm. There there are people who will perform better with it and absolutely need it. There are people who, who will perform just fine without it. Awesome. Great. That's a great place to stop. A friendly reminder that this is coming with your written lesson and the assignments. Be sure to check that out. And again, I think this one, if people have questions about, because this is a, a more kind of um, not a black and white, it's a lot of different things. If you have questions, if you're a student, reach out to us or have your teacher reach out to us because we'd love to add more to it. If there are specific questions that people are hearing, we want to make sure that we kind of go into more detail, maybe spin off into other lessons or other types of things. So please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you.